podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and welcome to the Premier League Cricket Show with me, Ian Livo, and again with me as always, week in, week out, will be Hugh Newsom. How are we doing, Hugh? How are we doing? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. How's things this winter going for you so far? Well, dodging snow and cancelling sporting fixtures left, right and centre, but no, we're okay. We're looking forward to a bit of indoor cricket at Birmingham next week, which would be nice. Nice and warm. It's the warmest indoor cricket centre in Britain. If, you, if you're struggling with the heating bills, get there. It was roasting last week, so all the other week. So, yeah, well get worth down, it. Well get worth down to action cricket in Birmingham, watch some That's indoor it. cricket and keep warm. That's it. That sounds like our per- first bit of advice for anyone in the Midlands. That's it, yeah, yeah. Save, save on your heating plane indoor cricket I think that's it I mean there's an excuse to play more cricket than saying warm is one of them hey listen we're, we're starting this new show now and this is our first episode and we've got a great guest we've got Tom Evans coming up from the Liverpool Echo and Daily Mirror who's going to talk about the Liverpool and District competition Premier League um, yeah great chat we had with Tom wasn't it he's I mean he's just the doyen of, of Liverpool and District comp he's, he knows everything there is to know about it he's followed it for years and years and years and it's just you know an in-depth correspondent up there and you know something that you know is incredibly valuable to Northwest cricket absolutely and I think you know, for anyone who's listening to the first episode you know, what you're going to hear from Tom is exactly what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks clearly there's not a lot of club cricket going on at the moment but we're going to be reviewing some of the leagues from around the country for 2023 we've got some great guests on uh, we've got Andy Rishton from Wokingham coming on we've got Brad Wadland from Swansea Cricket Club Tom Brett from Findon Dolben uh, we've got a bit of an NCCA theme going on and you'll, you'll find out why in a couple of episodes time uh, what are you looking forward to in the, these conversations that we've had Hugh well it, it, I think it's listening to these guys they're the, the people that have played in these leagues coach these leagues watch these leagues in depth we can just sit back and, and sort of guide the conversation a little bit but really it's their knowledge we want to get across we can chip in with a bit of stats and some depth stuff and things like that but it, it's having a bit of fun with these guys and you know listening to their experience I think one of the keys for us and one of the reasons we're doing this show is just to give that publicity and that that voice to that top echelons of recreational cricket isn't it yeah I mean, and the, the standard is is so high <laughs> you know I, I'm, I'm a player from the low down the leagues and I, I'm, I'm an aura of this level you know and there's well I think we looked at something four or five thousand people playing Premier League cricket every week across the country you know Mm. that's four or five thousand really top cricketers that don't get the recognition they deserve uh, and there's you know we've got wonderful overseas players coming in um, wonderful local players pro pro players dropping down from county if they're not getting a game from county and, and you know it's a it's a there isn't the light on it that there should be and hopefully we can shine that light and that, that's what we're here for the Premier League cricket show is going to be all about shining that light on all that top echelons of recreational cricket uh, from right around the country there's 32 Premier Leagues up and down the country from the northeast all the way down to Dorset, Sussex. And we're going to have guests on week in, week out to, to talk about these things. I just say, Hugh, these are the people who are in it on a week-to-week basis. Uh, we will get to watch a lot and see a lot and look at the stats, but actually they're the ones facing the balls or actually bowling the balls, aren't they? That's it. Uh, you know, we can see snippets of stories emerging from game results and partnerships and bowling performances and things like that. Uh, but the the real stories come from the people out in the field and the you know occasional bits of RGB 
bargy or people cleaning up nine wickets for eight runs or whatever it was last year you know um, <laughs> those are the real real things we want to hear about and we want to hear about it for people who are involved on the day um, or you know someone like Tom who's, who's watched pretty much every single game of cricket there is to what over the last 15-20 years definitely and I think you know, one of the things that you'll bring to the party more than me by a long way is you know, we can look at these stats in a, a depth level that let's be frank play cricket can't right? yeah. some of the stats in terms of strike rate and who's batting well against who etc you're you're far better at telling that than me yeah we've i've developed a few tools that can bring that out we've got you know analysis bowlers versus batters which batters prefer different types of bowling ground statistics all sorts of things that isn't available on play cricket but so i think i'm looking to bring that level of detail you know and looking at what it takes to win a premier league you know uh, or lose what are the key factors that teams need to take into account on a, on a week-to-week basis and the players and the captains you know they they We'll know these things, but it's nice to see it in data form. So I can I can hopefully bring that and add some value. Definitely. So we're going to get stuck into Tom Evans's episode right now. But if you're listening to us now, and hopefully you're going to be following us on our socials, which are TPL Cricket Show on both Insta and X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> but you can follow us on all of those socials. Uh, and obviously you can fo- follow you on Prem Cricket Stat on Twitter which I am thinking about Instagram especially as Elon Musk is doing his best to completely destroy Twitter uh, scaring everybody away so I think we all might be disappearing off onto another platform at some point but for the time being on Prem Cricket Stat, Stat on Twitter Good. or X and obviously the most important thing is when you're following us on Twitter whether you're following us on X, Insta or wherever else make sure you subscribe to the pod as well then you'll get the episode straight to your podcast player on your iPhone on your Android phone on your laptop wherever you listen to your podcast you'll get them come straight through so i think it's time we hand over now to our guest tom evans and chat we had with him a couple of weeks ago enjoy right so welcome everyone to premier league cricket show again and what we wanted is talk about the liverpool district competition uh, it, was a, it was another great season up in the liverpool district area top three was ormskirk they, they ran away with it in the end Beaten Northern, who you could argue potentially had their sights elsewhere in the T20 competition nationally as well. And, and Lee came third in the league. Unfortunately, down the bottom of the league, there was Colwyn Bay and Oral Red Triangle. But to talk about the Liverpool competition today, we've got what I'd describe as a, a cricketing journalistic aficionado when it comes to the Premier League cricket. Uh, I'm being really nice to him. He is jet lagged today, so I'm going to be extra nice to him anyway. Welcome to the show, Tom Evans. How are you doing, Tom? Um, very well, thank you, and thank you very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. And joining us once again, as always, is uh, our statistician and chief st- statistician for every Premier League around the country, Mr Hugh Newsom. How are we doing, Hugh? Uh, I'm not sure those are the, the right things to describe it, but uh, it's you know better than most. I know, keep building you up all the time, mate, don't we? That's it. I'll knock myself down. Hey, listen, <laughs> it was a good season in the in the comp again. Tom, what, what stood out for you during the season in particular? Um, I think... If you look at if you look at the weather, it was uh, very much a regression towards the mean from last season. Yeah, last season the entire comp, the entire three first eleven divisions of the comp had two games rained off. Wow, all season. Um, this this season, I know statistically it's been the hottest summer on record in Europe and around the world, but cl- climate change takes Saturdays off as well. It seems it's been quite it's been quite wet to be honest, um, and I think that's shown in the way that batters haven't been able to dominate quite as much. Um, the team that won the comp, Ormskirk, did so by having a good variety of seam mm-hmm. bowlers to select from. Yeah. They didn't just have one standout seamer and one standout spinner. They had um, Captain Gary Knight, had somebody he could call on 
in any situation. You had a number of match winners there. Yeah, I think that showed um, in the way the league played out overall. Definitely. Just, so, just on that, then, I mean, the first bowler in the top bowling rankings for the league, Scott Lee's at Ormskirk, 39 wickets at 12. You know, so there's quite a lot of bowlers taking quite a lot of wickets ahead of anyone from Ormskirk. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, that last season was perhaps because it was such a good year for batters, was particularly dominated by Wallace's um, Indian left-arm spinner, Summit Viveka, mm-hmm. who's had a fantastic few seasons at the club. He's been very affected by injury this year and hasn't been able to uh, pull it consistently. Okay. Um, but he got he got 95 wickets in the Prem last year. He got, I think, 80 or the year before. This year, it's been, I think, the top, the joint top wicket takers got 50 each, um, yep. both of these left armers. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, what I was saying about Armskirk having more than one bowler they could call upon because there wasn't anybody at any club who was consistently mm. bowling sides out by themselves. Definitely. Um, but let, let's get on to the batters, though, to start with, because you know, we, we, we're going to come on to the bowlers in a second. But there's one standout in the batters at the top there, Hugh, isn't there? Tyler McGladdery, again, top of the nation. In uh, Premier League runs, the nation—that's a good thing. To say, <laughs> yeah, uh, one thousand one hundred and fifty-four runs at seventy-two um, in a swamp of a season. You know that's terrific, terrific performance. And he's was he three hundred runs clear of second. Holly Sutton form being second place uh, in Cobain, third and eight hundred and seventy runs. Uh, and the one that jumped out early doors in the season, Iron Juyal. I'm, I'm going to pronounce that wrong. Um, only played ten games in the end for Southport and Birkdale. Seven hundred and thirty-seven runs yeah. at one hundred and twenty-two. Wow. Um, so you know he he obviously his I assume departure for greater things. I suppose I don't. You'll, you'll have to let us know, Tom. Um, but that that was a big a big loss for them mid-season. He picked up an injury. He got an elbow or shoulder injury. Yeah, he had to he had to return to India for treatments on that. And um, yeah, they missed him for the second half of the season. Basically, it's interesting. <laughs> I say they missed him. They they had a decent season. Did did S and B? Um, I mean, a lot of that. You know. Mm. I suppose their captain Chris Cunningham a few times he said AJ had a, a great influence off the field as well yeah. and, you know oh, did it yeah so he he was able to yeah he wasn't just putting up the runs he was sticking around and helping out and and you know being a top pro across the board he was yeah you know a couple of places above him in the run charts was uh, JJ Fielding young left-handed opener mm-hmm. um, he's actually um, he's actually leaving he's actually going back to Ramsbottom um Okay. After a successful few years at SMB. Um, but GL in the middle of the season, I think there was a period between sort of May and June when he was really hitting his straps. Um, before he picked up the knockaway, he was just unstoppable. Yeah. He was, you know, I mean, left arm spinners are still kryptonite in the comp. Um, they're the one bowler that everyone has to build their attack around. And he, as a right hander, was playing them better than anyone I've seen. He was really? stepping out to them, he was hitting them. Inside out, over the offside, he was, uh, he, was, he was different class for a while. He hit three consecutive centuries, which I think I got you to look up the look up the yeah. stats on that mid-season here, which isn't uh, hasn't been done for a very long time. I think two thousand and seven was the last time. Yeah, um, yeah. SMB lost all three games, which is almost an aside. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's, that, that makes him even better, doesn't it? Okay, lost yeah. all three games. Yeah. It, it's interesting though, Tom. That you know we've, we've recorded with Cheshire as well. And these left-arm spinners, we talk about it at test level, and we've talked about it in England from test level for many years, struggling against left-arm spin. It's still happening down at club cricket level as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why it is. I, I don't know 
but you don't you don't really see many mm. at the very very top level. You don't you don't see many. You know who, who are the the best left arm spinners in world cricket at the moment over the last five or ten years? Mm. You think you think Jadeja? Yeah. You know Jack Leach has done a very good job for England. Yeah. But, you know he's not been he's, he's not been scuttling sides, and I don't know if it's something if that's part of the <laughs> if that's part of the gap between you know the top club level and you know. Mm. high up in the professional game you just it's don't like, come across them really do you? they're, they're yeah. a real rarity particularly in youth cricket the, I mean I'm, just, I'm more focused at youth cricket and, mm. and they're just not there they're not there yet I mean obviously they come later on and there's not many left-handers anyway um, left-arm bowlers anyway um, yeah. so it's and then I suppose at professional level every club's got one so therefore yeah they practice against them. I think it's that. But in terms of nationally in the Premier League, I think we looked at it's top five. There's five of the top 10 bowlers in the nation. We're all left arm spin, two right arm spin, three seamers. Um, yeah. There might, there might have been two left arm. There might have been a leggy in there, actually. So, yeah, it was, it was seven or eight spinners and five of those were, were left arm. I'm just looking now at the, the, the Premier Division and the comps top 10. We've got one, two, the top two, both um, overseas pro left arm spinners and, and number four as well. Um, the third is Tom Sefton, who's been doing it for years at Northern, yeah. um, twirling away at, as good as ever, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a right arm off here at five. Um, then it's, it's one seamer and the rest are left arm spinners making up the top ten. It's, uh, it's incredible, isn't it? If you, you get one of them in your team, it just makes all the difference. Well, I think... It's it's sort of it's a bit of a circular logic to it because teams who are looking for an overseas pro, they don't you know GL this year for Southport was a bit of an exception because he was a top class batter. Yeah. Okay. But they've got a lot of um a lot of homegrown a lot of spinners at the club already because they went for a batter. Mm-hmm. You, you'd normally want somebody who can win you games when you're paying for them and somebody who can guarantee you twenty overs if you're paying for them. So you go for a spinner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't go for a batter who could get a get a beauty or a rubber first ball. Yeah. And you don't go for a seam bowler who is going to be coming to you after seven overs and saying, you know what, I need I need a spell. I need to go down and find like for a while. Yeah, the chairman still want to get their money's worth at the end of the day. They want to get their money's worth. And <laughs> you know, go, going for spinners and in a league where most batters are right handers, you know, going for someone who can turn the ball away. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about, there's plenty of overseas players in the Liverpool District Comp. Who have been the standouts there that, that, that you, you that obviously there's the, the, the McGladweys of this world and the Jahals. Is anyone else that stood out for you as a, you know, different this year? In particular this year, um, like I say, it's, it's been a bit sort of back towards that regression towards the meaning again overall. Um, Khalid Usman, the overseas mm. pro at um, Rain Hill, has yeah. had a very good side. He, as a side, they've struggled at times this season, but ended up with a decent league position. I think he's he's um, he's been a big part of the reason for that. He's, uh, he's, yeah. he's he's done a lot of the done a lot of the work. You know, I, I went to see them. They were playing against Lee, who'd had a flying start to the season, and he bowled. It was one of the hottest days of this, this summer. It was ridiculously hot, sort of twenty-five degrees. Time. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and he bowled twenty-seven overs wow. um, in one spell. Wow, and then. Came into bat at number five after losing after they lost three fairly quick wickets. So he, had, he put his feet up for half an hour, basically, while the top three lost their wickets, and then he came out and scored ninety five not out as they went on and won the game. And that you know we talk about all rounders that has to be you know in terms of the games I've seen, which is at, at most one a week. Obviously, that's that's by far the best all round performance I've I've seen this year.
Let's go into those bowlers then and uh, look at those top stats. Khalid's right up there, isn't he, Hugh? Uh, Khalid has been 50. Yeah, 50 at 16. Uh, Vinay Chowdhury, uh, 50 at 16 as well uh, for Wigan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas Sefton at Northern, 49 at 16 as well. 16 is popular. Chris Firth at 45 at 22 and Summit Ruikar. Is that pronounced correctly? Wallacey. Um, 42 at 17 in a, a curtailed season. Mm. Um, you know, so that's those are the top five there. Uh, oh, I, I, I took it to sing it's uh, 42 wickets at 19 as well. So, yeah, also on 42 wickets. So, those guys, Summit Rukar has just re signed, I believe. Um, I saw that on Twitter yesterday, I think it was, or the day before. So, he's he's coming back again next season. And clearly, yeah, clearly backing him to you know, be back to. Something like his old, you know, he's, he's obviously still been very good this year, um, yeah. both the bat and ball. But um, yeah, he was a, a huge reason why Wallace Wallace won the title last year, and I think his his drop off. They've, they've got a lot of very good players. They've got a very good local core in that mm. team. Um, I think the fact that Virick has been struggling with injury and a couple of others at the top of the order have struggled to find consistent form, and the reason why they had they've had a bit of a, they've had a very mixed season in the league, certainly. Yeah, definitely. For yeah. followers of the competition, yeah. To see someone like Thomas Sefton continue to do what he's doing, it just it seems endless, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I suppose we've talked to his captain James Cole quite a few times. He's, I think he's sick of me asking about him, so I don't I don't do it anymore because you know he's, he's relentlessly churning out you know three, four, five wickets every week, and he, he's always injured as well. If you can okay. see, he's always always limping. He's, he's constantly. Constantly okay. complaining about some some knock or whether according to his according to his captain. That's not my words. Well, they, um, I was going to say, is he actually injured or just moaning? It's one or the other. Well, um, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to ask you'd have to ask his captain. <laughs> he, he always gives him, you know, twenty overs from one end. So, <clears throat> in my stats, Thomas Sefton, in all my stats, seven hundred ninety-two wickets at fourteen uh, in two hundred and sixty matches. So I don't know if there's uh, I might not have the full set there and play cricket messes about, but yeah, that's a lot he, of wickets. He's, he's twelve hundred plus wickets on play cricket, and there aren't many that go over a thousand. No, um, no. You know, so, so we know the numbers are huge, and and this is proper play cricket, whereas. You know, we have this conversation on the pod regularly, whereas the before play cricket, a bit like the, the old uh, Premier League in football, nothing ever happened before play cricket, clearly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we've got all kinds of people with all kinds of runs and wickets missing, but I think Thomas is, they're all on there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's, he's sort of, he's a, yeah, he's very much a player off of the play cricket era. Like he's, he's been around for a long time. If we sort of, sort of look at mid 2000, sort of 2007, 2006 yeah. is where it starts to get unreliable in my, in my. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I started using the phrase since records began or where records are available. Yeah. We use BPC before play cricket. Just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, there are some clubs and we got, we've got a club down in Surrey called Stoke Darbon and you've got uh, scorebooks going on back to the seventies. And the stats then are just phenomenal when you start to see everything. But hey, that's a little aside. What about the all-rounders in the league, Tom and Hugh? Who's been standout there? One of them, obviously. Yeah, so Khaled, Khaled, 305 runs, 50 wickets. Manny McKernan, 743 runs, 26 wickets. Summit Rukar in his curtailed season. I think he didn't, I think he maybe batted in three games that he didn't bowl in. Yeah. Um, 350 runs, 42 wickets. Ollie Sutton at Formby. 879 runs, 13 wickets, sneaks in there on the all-rounders. I think I've got a, mm. they have to hit so many wickets before they pop up there. Yeah. Uh, Vin, Vinay Chowdhury, uh, 118 runs, 50 wickets. And then, yeah, John Dotter's 307 runs, 
40. Daniel Beaver at Wallasey again, that's 470 runs and 31 wickets. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's those all round contributions that are crucial to, you know, putting consistent form together across the league, not just, um, not just occasional flashes of, of brilliance. It's, um, you know, those consistent performances week in, week out, which is so important. Yeah, for, for Sutton at Farnby, it's, it's been, he's been, Alan, he's been putting in this kind of performance yeah. um, for a few years now, but this, is, this has been a real breakthrough year for him, I think, in terms of the numbers, certainly. Um, he bowls he bowls fairly, you know, fairly rapid um, left-arm seam as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. I think yeah. with the other... Yeah, 13 wickets at 30, you know, it's uh, yeah. you know, yeah. certainly good numbers. Definitely. And it's yeah. great from our perspective. I mean, we, we talk local every now and again. Matthew McKinnon's had a great season up in the comp. Um, one of our Derbyshire inverted commas exports. Uh, him and Billy Godelman have both done pretty well uh, this season. Billy probably maybe a, would fancy a few more runs, I think. But Matty has bowled and batted well, hasn't he? Very well, yeah. Um, he was a big part of Lee. Lee, I thought, were really going to challenge for the title this year. Um, okay. They had an excellent start. On, on paper, I think they're definitely one of the strongest squads. It's the availability of McCain and the availability of Matty Hurst, who was yeah. uh, against the Lancashire side. This year, um, after a few years at Lee, after joining from from Newton the Willows, um, I think you know they've, obviously they've got a really experienced captain in Cal Brown, the former Lancashire player, yeah. and, and a good a good seam attack as well. I, I think they had a flight. They won their first five games, but then I think they they went on a bit of a dip. They've they've been a bit up and down. They, they didn't win any of the next six or seven, I think, um, which is sort of why their challenge kind of faltered. But yeah, McKinnon is always a big player. He's the first one who the opposition are always looking out for to see if he's on the, see if he shows up. Definitely. And I think, I think Rainford were quite affected this year as well with abandoned games, weren't they? I mean, there were quite a few points behind getting into that top two, but to have three games abandoned and three uh, no decision games doesn't exactly help you, does it? No, but um, this has been a, an absolutely outstanding season for Rainford. They've been, yeah. it, it's almost placed down what they've achieved to call them the surprise package of the year because to break into the top four of that division um, in their first season since promotion and to top it all off, they won the won the Ray Digman Trophy as well, yeah. beating Northern in the final. And mm-hmm. Northern, as we've seen, are one of the best limited overs clubs, I think, in the country. I think. Yeah. It's it's hard to argue that with the way they absolutely stormed the Lancashire Cup, the way they you know they went deep in the National Cup competitions and the T20s as well, and I think you know for Rainford to pull that off in the final against them, having just the previous day wrapped up fourth place, which is their captain John Dotters has done an outstanding job. Um, I spoke to him, spoke to him last week, which feels like about three weeks ago, except in a way. He was saying, you know, I, I, I could sit here and tell you that yeah, this was all part of the plan, finishing fourth and winning a trophy but you know it's this it's this club's highest ever league position it's yeah. the first time they've ever won the Red Bigman trophy so it's it's been an outstanding season for Rainford and you, yeah. if you look at what Northern did in those national trophies and the and the, the Lancashire Cup in particular do you think that affected them in the league in the end in the comp I don't know I think for a while sort of the last six or seven weeks of the season when those cups are coming into the last stages I think Ormskirk were too far ahead of Northern Northern only took second place in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they sort, of, they sort of took over Lee in second place in the last couple of weeks. And I think they've possibly been a bit pragmatic about it and thought, well, you know, we can push Armskirk in the league, but at the end of the day, you know, we we can win trophies here. It's 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 not a question of either or. Obviously, yeah. you know, one's played on a Saturday, one's on a Sunday. They're in different different formats of the game, so you yeah. you know you don't have to sacrifice one. But I, I couldn't blame them if their focus had been more on. 
Marlborough Cup competitions and winning that Lancashire Cup for the first time in 10 years. And that was yeah. a huge moment for, for James Cole and the club. Yeah, and they went deep because they went deep so in that competition on the national T20 as well. It does affect a little bit of availability and it's, it's asking a lot of the players because they, they didn't use a big squad at the end of the day, did they? No, very similar sides for the league and mm. league and cup competitions, certainly. And um, yeah, a good, really good core of players who've been around for a long time. I think the addition of McLaddery at the top of the order, yeah. signing from Wayne Hill over the winter, um, that, was a, that, that was a really big deal for them because... Last year that we had four batters breaking a thousand runs in the league. This year, McLaddery's done it, but it meant that you know a couple of other players in the northern top order have had sort of slightly more middling seasons. They've been affected a bit by injury and um, a slight loss of form. And McLaddery's runs have more than made up for that. Um, it's just been in, in the league. It's just been a couple of times they failed to take ten wickets. They've uh, the left left sides nine down, which is. I think one of the joys of the comp is the fact that you have to bowl sides out. You can't, you, you can't assume a win if if you've scored too many runs for them. You have to, you still have to go out there and take ten wickets because think, of the format. I think that I think that answers my favourite question there, doesn't it, Hugh? Yes. You know, we, we like win loss versus win loss versus win lose draw cricket. You know, it's it's so different all over the bloody country. To be frank, um, you're a win lose draw man by the sounds of things, Tom. Very much so. I mean, the last day of the season, um, I was at Old Red Triangle for sort of one one prong of a, of a relegation triangle. Um, mm. the, the other sides were New Brighton and Colwyn Bay, who were playing each other down the North Wales coast, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, even by my standard, that, that would be a long way for me to go on a, on a Saturday for fun. <laughs> but... Uh, so I went to Old Red Triangle where they were playing where they were playing Southport and Birkdale and the number of permutations and the the amount of intrigue up to the final ball and all that was because it could have been a draw, because a mm. draw was possible. Um in the end S and B did block out for the draw. Yeah. Um after they'd lost a few early wickets and their middle order sort of collapsed a little bit and it swung both both ways so many times because from the way it was at the start of the game, if all had earned a certain number of points, they were definitely safe. And the yeah. other two sides, it didn't matter what they did. And, you know, Colin Bay got off to a great start and it looked like they were going to win. All lost a few quick wickets early on. It looked like they were going to lose. So that would be Colin Bay that was safe. Tell us about some of the, the young players in particular who've emerged during the season, Tom. There must have been someone who you've gone, you know, hang on a minute. I'm sorry, I think no, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's always it's a great part of the job is watching somebody and thinking, you know, what, what are they going to do in a few years' time? Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed watching uh, JJ Fielding at Southport over the yeah. last few years. He's sort of, he's clearly developed as a cricketer. Yeah, and I've, been, I've been watching him as a, as a young left-handed opener. He's going back to the, back to the Lancashire League now. Um, okay. But he's going as a you know as a more developed player because of his time in the comp. You know that's what that's what it's all about. And uh, yeah, and there's a few sort of young young spinners, young young bowlers coming through. I think there's um, cl- clubs are sort of relying on them a little bit now, which is which is good to see. Um, I think Lee have got uh, Lee have got some good young batters in their top order as well. Um, Matty Hurst, obviously, is having yeah. Getting getting some recognition with Lancashire, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's great to see. And like I say, um, Formby have got a good young side as well. Um, very experienced top order, but the likes of Ollie Sutton, I think, is just into his twenties. Um, has had a great season, and yeah, it's 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 fantastic to see to see players coming through. Yeah, and I, th- I think the Cobb's going through a bit of a transition there at the moment, isn't it? You get you get these peaks and waves where 
the the, the squads are not not aging but get older, and then all of a sudden there's a big track of youth coming through at the moment. Yeah, I think it can often cause issues for clubs when they have to sort of make that transition when they have to sort of start. It's it's a key part of captaincy, I think, when they have to you know knowing yeah. when to trust young players to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Northern particularly make a they they often will often give young players like very young some of the fourteen fifteen year olds. Um, again, towards the end of the season, I know a lot of clubs do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Northern is an example, though. That, that, that. But yeah, it's because you don't want to suddenly have a, a slew of retirements and suddenly have to trust all your trust all your youngsters at once with no one, no one around oh, to guide. Definitely, yeah. and that brings us round to sort of the, the perfect way to end most of these conversations we're going to have with people about. You, you get to the end of the season, and the clubs are already looking at who's not going to be there next year. You know, you've talked about a couple of the people who are moving on already. What can you see happening during the winter and into the spring? Is there going to be quite a lot of movement, do you think? I would have thought so, yeah. I mean, the two teams that are promoted to the uh, to the Premier Division are very strong already. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Newton Willows and Birkenhead Park. Um, on on the field in 2022, they would have finished, I think, fifth and seventh in the Prem. Okay. They both had 80-point uh, deductions for off-field matters. Right, right. Um, Newton Willows fielded a player who was... Choose my words very carefully here because it was it was a whole thing. Believe me, um, who was uh, incorrectly registered? He was on the wrong visa. Okay, um, right. Erkenhead Park selected for their first team a player who was registered as a second team player without getting prior permission from the league to do that. Both were given, you know, they weren't given the maximum penalty because the league accepted that they were honest mistakes, but they were given yeah. enough of a penalty to drop them into the relegation zone and okay. make them. Couldn't escape, so that was a, a bit of rancor was caused by that, and it's kind of fitting that you know that they they made they made Division One very strong last year because obviously they, they kept a lot of their players. Mm-hmm. Um, young Ben Walkton, for example, the opener at Newton Willows, he got about nine hundred runs in the Prem mm-hmm. in twenty two, and has stayed with the club, and you know about seven eight hundred this year in Division One as well. So they're they're two already very strong squads coming up. So I think teams who were around the bottom, like New Brighton just escaped relegation on the last day and the likes of Rain Hill and possibly Wigan as well will be looking over their shoulders and thinking hang on these two sides that are coming up we can't assume that either of those are going to be anywhere near the bottom this year not at all strong squads so they're going to need to Going to need to strengthen. Wigan did well this year. They, they, they with, with you know the help of Vinay Chowdhury, the overseas pro. Also, someone else has had a good season in terms of young players. Actually, um, Adnan Mikel, mm-hmm. who uh, was yeah. featured on the, the, the Dreams, the, Feel the Dreams show. He's a, he's a, he's really had a break, some breakthrough performances for Wigan this year. It's been, yeah. been great to see as as an all rounder as well. Most definitely, tremendous story that one, isn't it? Great, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic, and you know. It's a there's an untapped resource out there, isn't there? Yeah, it's been great to talk in depth about the Liverpool comp with somebody who actually knows more about it than me and Hugh do. Um, we did talk uh, about it. Give you that impression that I've done, I've done, I've done my job. So. Yeah, well, we we talked about it probably six to seven weeks ago, and I, I think we can get by. I, yeah, I'm lucky that I know most of the clubs up that way anyway. Blag it, I think it's the word. I can blag it. Yeah. No, I can get by. You blag it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. There are some other leagues that we've got. Absolutely, we need that guest big time, and they'll be coming up in the next few weeks. Keep in touch, Tom. Be great to keep an eye on what's happening uh, next year. Be a, be a good season next year. I'm pretty sure. Fingers crossed. We just don't have a July like we had this year. We get back to some normal weather, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the alcohol coming in July like that sort of um, did really sort of split the season up and break it into and stop a lot of 
a lot of momentum, I think, for a lot of sides. But um, yeah, like I say, this this summer in terms of the number of games rained off was a lot more typical than last summer. So exceptional, I exceptional. Keep, keep the keep the coverage going. I mean, it's really really appreciated, you know, by Thank myself you, and probably thousands of people. Um, you know, it's it, you know, I think you probably don't realise quite how many people are paying attention to your to your you know constant stream of information and news and, and comment. You know, it's really really valuable for us all. Well, thank you. That's, that's that's good to hear. Appreciate you saying that. Um, it's, it's it, I do it for the love of it, and it's uh, it's amazing to hear that people appreciate it and people enjoy it. That that just um, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. It is. I'm, I'm even to buy a trip to New York now, so that's you know. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Tom. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for listening to the Premier League Cricket Show. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes and stay updated on all the latest news, views and discussions from around the Cricket Premier Leagues. And be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram, at TPL Cricket Show, on both. Join the conversation, share your thoughts and connect with us and your fellow Premier League cricket fans. And hey, if you enjoyed the show, why not show us some love? Leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast platform as it helps other potential listeners to find us when they're searching for cricketing podcasts. Thanks again for being part of the Premier League Cricket Show family and until next time, have a good one. Podcast Network.